Well, as they're dismissed, I want to ask you a question. And I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to answer just in your own heart, in your own mind. And here's the question I want you to think about. When you're in a tight spot, when you're not sure what to do, who do you turn to? When you're in a tight spot and you're not sure what to do, who do you turn to? In other words, when you need some help and you need some wisdom and you need some real understanding, who do you turn to? Do you turn to the experts? You know, the experts in life, you may go to them through means of books or their radio shows or television shows or websites and you go trying to scour their material and try to get some answers. Perhaps you call a trusted friend and you explain the situation you're going through and the spot you're in and you try to get help from them. Maybe you call a godly brother or sister in Christ. Maybe someone that you know you've depended on in the past and you call them. Maybe you search out a counselor or a therapist or a psychiatrist or something along those lines. Or perhaps you look for a medical expert to help you with the problem or maybe a financial advisor. Some would even say, you know what, I call mom or dad. When I have a problem and I have one of those tight spots. Now, while many of those things are fine and they have their place and can be helpful. Why is it, beloved, that we do not call out to God first? Why don't we turn to God first? Why is it that it seems that God is often either last on our list or at least several names down when we're in a tight spot in a situation we need wisdom and understanding? Our VBS model this year is a good one. It's you said it together. Need answers. Ask God. Need answers. Ask God. And right along with that, our our kind of our our, uh, logo, you'll see the words rounding up questions, driving home answers. That's what we hope to do this week at Vacation Bible School. The theme verse teaches us to ask God and our theme uh, verse asks. I want you to turn your Bibles to James chapter one. And I want to study this year's theme verse with you. James chapter 1. And our theme verse is verse 5. James 1, 5. And I want to see exactly what God has for us here and and what it means uh, by what this verse says. Okay? Let's look at it. James chapter 1, verse 5. Here's what the Bible says. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not... And it shall be given him. I'm going to read it again. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. Now that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? We know that James is writing to believers here in the book of James. If you look at verse number two, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So he's writing to Christians. He's writing to the believers there and he's given them instruction in what to do during those times of trial and testing in their lives. And one of the greatest needs that we have as a people of God during those hard times, those tough times, those times when we're going through trials and testings. One of the greatest needs we have is true wisdom. But here's the question. What is wisdom? When James talks about wisdom here, what exactly does he mean? Is it just knowledge? Is wisdom just the accumulation of facts and figures? Is it having several degrees on our walls and a whole line of letters behind our names telling everybody how smart we are and how much we've accomplished? 
Of course, there's nothing wrong with education. I believe in it. I'm in it myself. But think about it. We're probably the most well-educated generation of people that America has ever produced. Would you agree with that? There are more college graduates. There are more people with master's degrees and doctorate degrees. We're probably the most well-educated group of Americans who've ever walked upon this great land. But here's another question. Are we the wisest? Think about that for a moment. The most well-educated, but I'd have to say I don't think we're the wisest. You see, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. The prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, explained it this way. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is to not be wise. And in other words, we can know all kinds of facts and figures and things, but that's not wisdom. That's knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. McDonald said it this way. Wisdom is seeing life realistically from God's perspective. Looking at life from God's perspective. I like the way Wiersbe explains it. He says, knowledge is the ability to take things apart. Maybe you have a child who does that or did that. They would take things apart. They said, look at what I did now. I put it back together. Uh, um. You see, knowledge is the ability to take things apart. Wisdom is the ability to put them together. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wiersbe said all of us have known people who are educated fools. They have brilliant academic records, but they cannot make the simplest decisions in life. He said he once saw a gifted professor on a seminary campus, and this professor was wearing two hats. I mean, just really struggling with the simple decisions of life. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever find yourself needing real wisdom? Do you ever find yourself needing real wisdom? Yeah, me too. There are those times in our lives where we need wisdom. We need godly wisdom. Now, Christian, what should we do in those times? I'm talking to believers. If you don't have Jesus as your Savior this morning, the best decision, the wisest choice you'll ever make is trusting Christ as Savior. And I invite you today to come and meet him as your Savior and Lord. But Christian, what should we do in those times? Who should we turn to in that tough spot? Well, James chapter 1, verse 5 tells us. I want you to look at two things here with me. First of all, when you're in that tight spot, when you don't know what to do, here's what you need to do. First of all, look at your need. Look at your need. Notice what James 1.5 says. If any of you lack wisdom, look at your need. Now, why would I encourage you, based upon James 1.5, to look at your need? Well, you need to realize, you need to recognize, you need to accept, you need to see that the situation, this problem is beyond you. You need to come to an end of yourself, an end of your knowledge, an end of your wisdom. You need to look at your need and see that it's greater than what you can handle on your own. Because we don't have to face life's trials and troubles on our own. We have the Lord Jesus. We have a Savior. So we need to set aside any pride, any boasting, uh, and humbly confess to the Lord, Lord, we have an issue. Lord, I have a problem. I need wisdom. I need your help. Think about your life right now. Are there any issues? Are there any circumstances? Are there any situations that you're dealing with personally and you don't know how to handle them? You don't know how to handle them. I mean, you've tried all kinds of things, but you cannot understand. You, you don't know what to do. It may be relational issues. It may be a problem within your family. 
It might be a financial issue. It might be a career or a job issue. And on and on and on. You know what you're dealing with. Now, have you brought that to the Lord? Have you come and said to the Lord, Father, I I don't know what to do. I have a problem. And I need your wisdom. I need your help. I need your grace. Help me to know how you want me to handle this. Help me to see this problem, this situation from your perspective. Use this problem to make me more like Jesus. Have you prayed a prayer like that? Have you brought that that thing that's burdening you down? You know, we sang a while ago, right? I will cast my care where? On the Lord. Why? Because he cares for me. Have you done that? You see, after you look at your need, here's what you need to do next. Look to your God. Look at your need, but then don't stay there. Don't just dwell on that. That's what a lot of us do, don't we? We just keep looking at it and looking at it. I'm a very analytical person. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I, I struggle with perfectionism and trying to get everything just right. It drives my wife crazy. I mean, setting up a projector, I'll sit there and I'll move it and up and down and, all, and I'll focus it in and out and I'll get it just right. And I have to deal with that. And, and I, or I get into problems or situations. I, I want to figure it out and I want to do it now. There's an issue. I'm going to figure it out now. And, we get, and I get focused on a problem. I get focused on a situation. I get focused on something. Maybe you do the same thing. You get in a tight spot and you keep looking at it over and over. Maybe it's something you can't solve, you can't handle, you don't know what to do. But here's what you need to do, beloved. Look at the problem, look at your need, but then look to your God. Because isn't that what the verse says? If any of you lack wisdom, okay, we've all been there. Let him do what? Let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. Now, this is interesting. He's basically saying, pray. Ask God. What do we say? Need answers? Ask God. Now, this is interesting. We know that God primarily uses his word to give us instruction, direction for life. He primarily uses his word. God also will use godly men and women in their counsel. God will use pastors and Bible teachers and Sunday school teachers God will use sometimes even circumstances in directing our paths. But it's interesting when it says if you need wisdom. When it, what does it say there? It doesn't say read your Bible. That's interesting. It doesn't say read your Bible. It doesn't say call the preacher. It, it doesn't say go to church. It says what? Let him ask of God. Now, God is the source of all truth and wisdom. And God, listen, God does use his word and you ought to be reading the word. If you're not, you ought to begin today. God does use pastors and godly friends and counsel and Sunday school teachers and and all those things. But it all goes back to him. God is the focus. We need the wisdom of God working in our life to apply the scriptures, to apply the sermons, to apply the godly counsel in our lives. I believe that's why God says here he wants us reading his word. He wants us being in his house. He all those things are right. But he says, listen, if you need wisdom, ask me. I'm the source of wisdom. He is the truth. If you need wisdom, ask me. Now, I like the way that David Jeremiah describes God here because it says ask of God. But then we notice it talks about the character of God because it says what? Ask of God that giveth to all men liberally 
and upbraideth not, our version up to the board said, criticizeth not, and it shall be given him. David Jeremiah says this teaches us that God is good, God is generous, and God is gracious. Let me use this outline real quickly. God is good. It says there what? That God giveth to all men liberally. Listen to these verses and focus on where it talks about God's giving. James 1.17. Same passage here. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from God. Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. Acts 17.25, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Romans 8.32, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is constantly giving. God has given you a boatload of blessings today. And if you're like most of us, you haven't even realized it. He gave us a new day. He gave us the sunshine. He gave us the air to breathe. He gave us health and strength to gather in this place. Most of us here today, we were able to sign songs. We also could hear the songs. We also could sing the songs. He has blessed us in so many ways. He's with you now. He's blessing us now. He's giving us life. Your heart is pumping. Your lungs are working. Why? Because God is giving you that gift this very moment. God is a generous, wonderful giver. He's good. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. You know, Job says some very interesting things in chapter 28. I want to pull out just a couple of verses there, but listen to these verses from Job 28. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. God understandeth the way thereof. He knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth and seeth the whole heaven. And unto man he said, Behold, listen, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. If you want true wisdom today, it begins with God. It begins with the fear of God. It begins with knowing God. God is good. It says in James 1, 5, he giveth to all men liberally. Ever thought about that? He didn't just give to Christians. He gives to all men. All men. The rain falls upon the just and the unjust. The sun shines upon the just and the unjust. God is a generous, good God. And likewise, God is generous. Notice what it says. He not only gives, it says he gives to all men liberally. What does that mean? It means that God is not stingy. He's not stingy. Sometimes we like to think this way. What's the least I can give? How much can I get away with giving? God doesn't do that. God gives to all men liberally. He pours out his blessings upon us. Listen, you might be thinking today, my problem preacher is so big. My need is so big. Listen, your God is bigger. Think about that. 
He's the God that created all that you see, all the world, everything in it. He holds it together with the, his word, the very palm of his hand. He holds us. God is good. God is generous and God is gracious. Notice the next part of James 1, 5. It says he gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You saw on the, the, the screen there. It means that he criticizes not. It means he doesn't scold. He doesn't reproach. He doesn't embarrass us for coming and asking him for wisdom. Have you ever asked someone for help? Don't answer out loud. Have you ever asked someone for help? And when they answer you, they make you feel worse than you did before you even asked for help. I mean, you felt ignorant before you ever asked for their help. But after they're done helping you, you feel about that tall. You ever talk to anybody like that? Don't look around in the church. I don't want you to point anybody out. They embarrassed you. They humiliated you. They made you feel bad for asking for help. Listen, God never does that. He's glad to have you come and cry out for wisdom and help. He says in his word, listen, if you like wisdom, you come and ask me and I give to all men liberally. I won't scold you. I won't humiliate you. I won't embarrass you. I won't downgrade you. God is good. God is generous. God is gracious. If you need answers, ask God. That's what James 1, 5 says. You need wisdom this morning, then ask God. But I want to point out something else before we're done. Now, we only focus on James 1.5 in VBS. We have to focus on a verse. But there's a condition attached to this. There, there's some things that we have to make sure that we do in order to receive the wisdom we need. Look at verses 6, 7, and 8. Because it's still talking about asking. But let him ask in what? Faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, what is it saying here? It's saying that we're to ask God for the wisdom we need, but we're to ask in faith. Now, Constable says this. In Scripture, asking in faith always means one of two things. It always means one of two things. It either means that we're believing God will do what he's promised. In other words, we have a promise from God's word. We ask for him to keep that promise. We believe. We ask in faith, Lord, please, would you honor your promise? It either means that. But, you know, sometimes for our situation, we can't maybe find the particular verse that speaks specifically. Now, there are great principles there. But there's a situation in our own life. And maybe God has it promised something particular to you in that. Well, faith means this. It means that you're coming to him asking him, realizing that he can do what you're asking. Do you see the difference? He will do. He will honor the promises that he's made. But when you don't have a specific promise, you believe that, God, you can do this. An author, another author put it this way. If we approach God without faith, if we come to God without faith, we've decided to live life our own way, to make our own decisions to separate ourselves from him. And if God doesn't answer us because of that, the problem is because of us, not God. I like the way old J. Vernon McGee said it. He said this, if you're going to work out your problem yourself, then God cannot work it out for you. You see, it's one thing for you to come and say, oh, Lord, I have this great problem, this great, this great need. I need wisdom from you. Please give me wisdom. And you say, amen, then go and do the very thing you're going to do anyway. You're not asking God. For wisdom. You're not seeking him. You're just seeking to maybe get a little nod of blessing on your own plans. 
This makes sense. We cannot come to God asking for help, then go our own way. We really don't want his help in that situation. How can he help us if we need to make up our own minds beforehand what we're going to do? And sad to say, we do that a lot. Even in planning, we do that a lot. We say, Lord, here's what we're going to do. Now, bless it. We ought to say, Lord, what do you want us to do so you can bless it? Do you see the difference? God does not want us double-minded. The picture there is of the waves of the sea and tossed back and forth. God doesn't want us double-minded and unstable. He wants us to trust fully in Him. Now, you see, James 1, 5 is a, a, a wonderful verse. But here's what I did ask you. Do you need answers this morning? Do you need answers? Do you need wisdom? Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue trying to figure it out on your own? Are you going to kind of go your own way? Are you going to ask the experts, ask everybody else? Are you going to come to the end of yourself today and say, you know what, Father? I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your grace. I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through this morning. But the beginning of this week, it's going to be a great week, I believe. It's going to be a great week. Do you need to bring some concerns and issues to this altar and say, Lord, I need wisdom. Maybe you need to come today and be saved. I want to invite you to come. But believers, we've looked at our own lives mostly today. If you need to be saved, come. But believer, how about you? Are there some situations, some circumstances, things you're dealing with? And today, as we play this final song after I pray, will you come today and will you ask him for those answers? Will you come and humbly kneel before him? The altar is open here today. I invite you to come. Need answers? Ask God. Need wisdom? Ask God. He's good. He's generous. He's gracious. Father, take charge of this invitation, I pray. I pray people be submissive to the leading of thy Holy Spirit this morning. If someone here that's lost, I pray today they'll come to know Christ. Lord, for we who know you, I pray today, we'll come to you for the answers that we need in life. And leave those cares at your feet today. In the Savior's name, amen.